Hello everyone. Good evening. Well, it's evening at the time of this recording. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of The Sister Show. I haven't actually recorded an episode in two months. It's like literally at two months because I don't know. It's like I'm just figuring out my life. I don't know whether I want to, you know, do podcasting. But I don't really think that's it because if you know me personally, don't have that many friends right now but if you know me personally like i'm a i'm opinionated and i will say my opinion especially if i have something to say even if it's something big or something small you just can't hush me up so it's like i don't know it's not necessarily a fact of do i want to do podcasts because obviously yeah i have something to say on on the things i have to say but the thing i wanted to talk about which is actually very similar to the episode i had before this which was called racism in the uk it's actually kind of building up on it. And the reason why I'm actually even talking about it is because of the recent report that came out in the news earlier. I don't watch the news religiously. I just see it on the notes app on my phone. But, you know, I kind of got the gist of it. <clears throat> I haven't read it entirely because I just happen to not have. But I got the gist. It's like there's a report that came out on racism in the UK. And as expected... The white people are downplaying racism, institutional racism. Imagine the white person. You know what? The funny thing is that maybe maybe it was a black person that wrote this. I honestly don't know. All I know is that, of course, white people will try to downplay racism, to try to make it seem as if everything is fine. Everything is not fine. Okay, institutional racism is very much alive. As I said in my previous episode of Racism in the UK, the Britons think that they, because they've cleaned their act up enough outwards on the apparent side to make it look as if they are better than everyone. The audacity they have, the audacity that writer has to say that Britain should be, what was the word they used? I can't remember the word they used specifically, but it went on the lines of they should be a model country for non-whites countries or something like that is written. You have to, you have to check it out, but you understand what I'm trying to say. The audacity you white people have to write such a statement. Institutional racism is very much alive. Racism in general, whether it's institutional or in public, it is very much alive. But like I said, the white people have, they think that they've cleaned their act up enough outwardsly, like, you know, just externally, to make it look like they're good people. So they're actually comfortable thinking that they're deceiving people into thinking that there's some big country, some, some perfect, I don't know, nation that they can be comfortably be telling us that our racism is over honestly speaking the person i wrote that to me you deserve a slap if you are black it is even more shameful maybe you're you're rubbing shoulders with the movers and the shakers and all what rich white people so you're not really you or maybe you're kissing us who knows you know <laughs> you're not really you don't really know what's that to have to you where you need a job and then you know they're treating you bad or they're disrespecting you or they're talking to you in a certain way because you're black. You know, I've been in enough workspaces. I haven't been in all of them, but I've been in enough of them. And I've seen certain habits, certain things repeat itself enough to know that, yes, the racism is still alive. I just burped there. But... um what the point I was trying to make by mentioning that was when I've been in enough workspaces to know, I've you know, to see certain things repeat itself, like it's always white people that are in charge. To find a black person in charge, you have to squint. When I say squint, you must squint. Close that eye well, well. 
go and use binocular that was first invented to find a black person in charge. I have nothing against these people, but I'm just making my observation, okay? I can't deny my, my truth and my experience because of people who are upset. But if you are to find a person of color in power, it is mostly Indians. And through the experiences that I have had, they see themselves as better than us. They are the brown skins with silky hair. You know, in the eyes of the oppressor, they are more trustworthy. You know, I have nothing against them, but I cannot deny my truth. I cannot deny what I've experienced. Of course, not all of them are like that, you know. But what the point we're trying to make is, you know, the point we're trying to make is that, you know, it's not, in, it's not in the skin. But anyway, they are the ones that you most likely find being, find in charge. And when they get in charge, the ones that I've experienced, they then turn around and start literally treating us black people like we're shit. They hire themselves. They only help themselves. They provide, they protect themselves. When I say themselves, like they're friends, not white people. They're friends, okay? They only protect them, themselves. And then they start acting like the kid that gets put in the front of the line and act that the rest of his class is his bitches. When in reality, we're all in the same boat. I've been in enough workplaces to only see white people in charge. You don't need to hire us as some... Uh, diversity and inclusion officer just to make us feel included don't you guys have the common sense to know the damage that you have done to our culture don't you guys have the common sense to know what equality is like are you really that daft and naive or ignorant to say that appointing us diversity and inclusion officer okay it is one step out of many that is not the solution because we can be board of directors we can be the managing directors we can be the executives but you won't do that you just want you just want to appoint us as a diversity and inclusion officer because oh gosh the black people want to feel included let's let let's give them breadcrumbs. You guys are very very stupid and of course they will deny it because everything white people do when it is deliberately maliciously done can be plausibly denied. I don't know maybe they invented lying. You I don't even know honestly speaking. But when you point out these things in the workplace, they'll start giving you, they'll start using professional lingo to bullshit you by saying, ah, oh, you know, we, we, we promote based on merit, you know, uh, we, we promote long serving, long serving employees. Um, uh, this was a white man's name. John, John has demonstrated tremendous tremendous work ethic across the years he has been one of our longest standing blah 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 when in reality this guy john is friends with the boss maybe he's kissed he's kissed us long enough one other thing that is very one thing that is very uh i don't know what's the word is it pervasive is everywhere i think that's the word is is everywhere in a bunch of companies is micromanagement they micromanage you they want to milk every cent every penny that they are paying you you're not gonna get a single opportunity to breathe to do you know they want to milk and of course you're doing a job so they'll pay you so but it's like every single second you that you're not accounted for is just imagine like the sort of uh the way they'll confront you is almost is almost as if like you know they call the SWAT team. Like, where were you? What happened? That's what happens in a lot of these workplaces. And obviously, we're black people. We don't hide how we feel. White people are good at doing that. They hide how they they're good at very good at hiding how they feel, pretending that they like you, just to get information from you so they can go and be gossiping. And I don't understand why they don't know how to mind their business. And honestly, I know that not all of them are the same, but. At the same time, I, like I said, I cannot deny my experience. So we black people, we don't 
we don't pretend to like people. If we don't like you, we're not talking to you. No one is smiling. Sorry, I, I cut the recording again. But yeah, back to what I was saying. You know, we black people, if we don't like you, we're not pretending to like you. We're not going to talk to you. We just mind our business. But then these white people, what they do is when they don't like you, they will actually befriend you, you know? They will actually befriend you. Pretend that they want to know everything about you so that they can see what they can see whether you are a threat or whether you're not a threat. They want to know everything. When I say everything, they want to know everything. Where did you live? Where's your family from? Where'd your family live? What school did you go to? Oh, my daughter goes to that. Not that they want you and your daughter to be doing play date too. They just want to know. Then just know that every little thing that you find, every little thing you tell them, they're going to go and tell everybody else. You just know that in, in like any workplace you find yourself, everyone knows everything about everyone. And not just coming out of nowhere. It's like, why aren't people minding their business? Like, well, I don't understand. Like, why is this a common thing? How do you know that this person's daughter has herpes in the anus or something like that? I'm just joking. <laughs> I've never, I've never been in a situation as specific as that. I'm just making, I'm just making an example, but it's true. They know a bit too much. And even if they don't like each other, here they are still pretending to smile in each other's faces. But here we black people are, minding our own business, just trying to do our job and go home. And then they're, they're up in our faces pretending that they want to be friends with us because they want to see whether we're, whether we're a threat or not. <clears throat> anyway, I think I digress there. But the nerve of the person I wrote that report to make it seem like institutional racism not alive. You are ignorant and foolish and naive. If you're a black person, it is even all the worst. But if you're a white person, you I don't I don't I don't know whether I saw the author of that report, but you best not come out. Not that it will do anything to you, but honestly, a white people, when it comes to the topic of racism, you should all shut your mouth and keep quiet. You there is not you cannot relate. You are the oppressor. You know, they, they, the, the determining factor between America and Europe and, and England, UK, is really the fact that we don't hold guns. Thank God we don't hold guns because everyone is just as racist. Everyone is just as racist, but they're secretly scared of us, you know. That's why they, that's why they always want to, they want to dominate us because they're scared of us. They're scared of what we're going to do once we get into positions of power because they know what they've done. So rather than acknowledge it and be forthright and be honest and say, you know, we fucked up, we did this. Not that these words are just simply going to undo the, the lashes of the whip that our ancestors got, but an acknowledgement is a, is a good starting point. An acknowledgement that their ancestors, you know, enslaved our people, they did the pain that they've caused and the ways that these, this behavior or this spirit is still, you know, um, operating within the culture, an acknowledgement of that would be the will be the starting point. But for you to now dismiss it because you feel like oh things are quiet now, okay, let's let's say let's say it doesn't exist. You guys, you must be mad. You must be mad. <laughs> anyway, the UK should never even think of of legalizing weapons in this country. Anyway, they already know the madness that this country has to offer. So do not even think about it because all these people that make these laws, when anything happens, the first people that they will be one of the, in fact, they'll even be far from the chaos. And if anything is to happen, they'll be the first ones that will be able to, you know, evacuate the country. If something bad was to happen. Not that I'm, you know, I'm, you know, sticking my tongue out at the Americans. Cause you know, I can, ima I can only imagine, I don't know what it's like for a mother to send her child to school and not know whether he's going to come back alive, especially in those, in those cities, in the cities in America where the racism that was like in the, especially the Southern, that was where the most, most of the, the cotton picking happened, you know, with like Texas and all of them, you know, I can't imagine the people who are still living there, 
and who who send their children off to school to play with friends, hoping that they don't encounter a racist person, they, they don't get shot or whatever. And I can only imagine the horror of a mother who has... I can, I mean, you hear so many heartbreaking stories, just walking home from school, just going to the corner store, just asking for directions. But just imagine, I, I saw this was a story years ago. I just saw it, or saw it on like, I think the shade room or something. It's like a mother, a, a boy had graduated from either high school or university and he was celebrating. And then the mother gets a knock on the door that the, the, the son has been shot. He has, he's killed, not even that he's shot, he died. Imagine I cannot imagine that pain and yet white people still want to deny it and yet white people the police in America are still in denial and have the nerve to protect the police officers yes of course they're meant to enforce the laws and everything but they're still human beings too once they take off that uniform of course yeah if they see a fight they're going to stop it but that doesn't stop them from having negative beliefs and negative connotations and you can't just say that that goes out of the door because of some salary you can't just say that it goes out the door every single day. It still follows them in. It's not something you can't just switch off a belief. If not, it's not. It's not a belief. It's just. An, it's just an opinion, or I don't know. But it's not a belief. So you can't say that that part doesn't seep into their work. And then you have an officer putting a knee on a guy's neck for eight minutes. I didn't watch the video because it's too painful. It's too painful to just passively watch someone die. And yet this officer put his knee on the neck, and the ones around him. Yes, it's a good thing they're all responsible. It's a good, I don't even know, I don't even know what, who, which lawyer would want to defend them. I don't, what arguments can they make? What excuse is that? I saw somewhere that they're trying to make it seem like he had a drug overdose or something like that. But he, he was clearly not on drugs when the, the officer put the knee in his neck. Like, I don't understand, I don't understand where the correlation is. I don't understand how, even if he was on cocaine at that point in time, or he was not, it doesn't affect anything. So I can't make up a hypothetical situation regarding that. It makes no difference. And yet, I don't even know. They probably, these lawyers probably just doing this for the money. Because unless he has a heart and a brain, what, what defense could you possibly make against an officer who was videoed? That's the thing. This is a human being wearing a uniform, supposed to be defending the law, who is actively breaking the law because there's a stupid law in America that says something about protecting the police officers. It is very shameful. I can only imagine what people there are going through. But you know, ever since I was young, I've always wanted to go to America. I don't know why, though. Like, when I was, even before I knew about the racism and everything, I always wanted to go to America. And I don't know why. Um, I think it's because of the movies I used to watch. I used to watch a lot of American movies. Because I can't even tell you a reason why I want to go to America. I just always wanted to go. So I think it's because of the movies. But I will still fulfill that dream. But, Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So back to the point. <clears throat> I was, like I said, I have nothing against these people. I'm just making an observation. I was in, I was working. This was like my first legit job. I've had other jobs, but I've always, I was only been there, there for like one or two weeks, you know. But this was my first legit job. I was working as a customer assistant in a local store, but it was one of the big supermarkets in the UK. I'm not going to mention them because honestly, they're not really worth it. But I was, I was there for about two years and the manager, okay, it may not, it's not, it has nothing to do with the color of his skin. I won't say what he is, or maybe I've mentioned it before, but he, he was a sociopath. He still had, he, he had limits obviously because he has a job, but 
and the supervisors, he was a manager, the store manager, the supervisors were, um, the supervisors were white and everyone in the store was in to some degree insecure, including myself. I was not self-aware. So of course, apparently I, I heard this after I left that he was, he was stealing money from the store to, so that he can buy a kidney on a black market. I don't know. It's just a rumor. I don't know, but you know, I heard he had kidney issues or something like that. So what he did, what he always did was that whenever I would speak, you know, when you're just working with people and you're just having conversation, he would magnify because I let him, because I wasn't self-aware enough to defend myself. He would magnify it and make it seem like I dropped what I was doing to go have a conversation elsewhere that, you know, <clears throat> you know, if he was to deduct that pay from my, that amount from my, um, from my pay, like I wouldn't like it if it was, and the thing is, it wasn't even like I was doing that. He just, he had the opportunity to magnify because I would not defend myself because my, my family who was supposed to love me, but did not, they would make, they didn't like me obviously. So they always made it seem like me, whenever I spoke, not even I'm just chatting like I am now, whenever I spoke, you know, I had, I, I, I don't know, like I should just shut up. They just did not like me. So I, because I was not self-aware at that time, I, I always extended it to other people. The minute someone gives me a look that they want me to keep quiet, I'll think, oh, what's wrong with me? I was, I wouldn't say those words out my mouth, but I would almost, what's the word, like pressure myself or like, I would feel that hate and I would project it back on myself. And I have forgiven myself for doing that, but never again will I silence my voice for someone else's inconvenience. If my voice makes you uncomfortable, I hope you die with that discomfort, honestly speaking. So he would magnify it and make it, and, and he make it seem like, you know, I have it on camera. And now at one point I was like, you know what, show me, show, make it, show me on camera because you're making it seem like I, like I took for hours. And it's not like I'm took for hours. When you're doing work with someone, you're trying to tell me that you should not have a conversation. Like you're supposed to work with around everyone as if you're strangers. What I was, what I thought he, what I can see now he was trying to do, he was looking for an extra source of income. So the, the second he said that, because the only reason why I was doing that job was because I needed the money, obviously. I still had the option to leave, but obviously, anyway, that's just a different discussion. Anyway, but was obviously because I needed the money and I'm not familiar with the workplace. I'm not familiar with how things work and things. So I just didn't know who to turn to. If I go to my dad, my dad won't say anything because he never really, he was never really invested in helping unless it's convenient for him. If it involves him having to actually think about it, he just doesn't want to do it. So I was practically there on my own fighting for myself. And then lucky enough, all the, whenever I have something to say about someone, I actually write it down and say it to them. So there are so many occasions when I wrote down everything I wanted to say to him. But then when I got there, he wasn't around because I always started in the afternoon. So he always left because he knew that he could intimidate me, like obviously magnifying the fact that I, you know, had a conversation as a human being. But he knew we could only do it to an extent because I could still I could still talk back to him. You know, I wasn't giving him the narcissistic supply that he really wanted so badly. So there's only so much he could he could have tried to. What's the word to um, undermine me with or I don't know the word I'm looking for. But anyway, when he mentioned taking it out of my pay, I'm over here thinking, you think I'm going to tolerate, you think I'm tolerating the disrespect because I love being disrespected? How dare you? I said in my head. I reported him to regional HR and then that evening he gave me, he gave me uh, some bullshit excuse about, oh, he wasn't saying he was going to do that. He was just saying, what if he did that? Blah, blah, blah. He was actually going to do it if I did not fight back. And then the supervisors there were doing the same thing. They would always give me one specific thing to do. And you know, the funny thing about this is that like, 
I was always on the till because I enjoy, I enjoy talking to people. Whenever I worked on the shop floor and I was stacking the shelves, I wasn't as fast as they wanted me to be. But then again, they weren't exactly making the environment conducive enough for me to grow. So I would always choose to go on the, on the till, choose to go on the till because you get to talk to people and it's more fun. But then I started to get bored of it and I'm thinking, okay, this job is not just about being on the till. Then I wanted to come off it. While I was always choosing until I applied for one of those stores that was closer to where I lived. I didn't even need to take the bus. I just had to walk to work. This man rejected it. You know, I won't say he rejected he, he He sabotaged it. He, he just said no. Why? Because I didn't tell him that I was applying. Then he told the, the manager of that store that, oh, she's always shying away from the shop floor. She's always on the till. You know, she's, you know, I don't know what he said. She's not, whatever. She doesn't have a sense of urgency or whatever. He sabotaged that application. Then I started advocating to come off the till. Now, all of a sudden, now their narcissistic cells are showing up. They're psychopathic cells. Now he's like, why are you making a big deal out of it? You're just, you're just here for 12 hours. You're just here for 12 hours. Like, it's not that big of a deal. You're going to do whatever we tell you to do. Like, I put you on the till because I felt like... And it didn't occur to me at that point to mention the fact that he sabotaged that application. That actually came to me years later. But... That was a sort of culture and that was a sort of culture that was encouraged. That's what operated in that store. Not even in that store because that was not my first time even working for that supermarket. I've worked in other, like several, a few others of their store and I've noticed that that is the same dynamic. The manager has full discretion to treat you how they like and the managers higher up will take their word for it. So if they told you a lie, if they tell a lie on you, they're going to believe them, which is sad. And the, the managers are always, the managers are always the, they're the, the narcissist, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the head narcissist, the queen bee narcissist. Then the supervisors, obviously they have low self-esteem and then everyone else on the store has low self-esteem. I had low self-esteem to an extent, but then I was just, there's some things that you would do that I just won't take as well. So it's like self-esteem to an ex low self-esteem to an extent. So they could happily just oper- do whatever they want. They would insult people, force people to maybe, you know, sort of pressure you to work certain hours or something like that. I worked in another, I worked in another one of those, that supermarket store where it was a woman that was in charge. And she was rude. She was very rude. To the extent she made him, like, she was very narcissistic. I saw the way she spoke to the supervisors. And of course she was nice to me because I'm new. But then at that point I was I, I was at that was when I, that was a summer when I cried, the summer when I <laughs> the butterfly was breaking out of the cocoon, and I was going through a lot mentally, but I could so I was becoming more aware of things, more aware of signs, red flags that I should not ignore and things like that, and I noticed how she would speak to the supervisors. She was white, they were Indian, all of them, they were all Indian, and she was white. And she was very rude to them. Like, like when I was like, when I said, like, maybe a, a little miss, I, I don't know. And I, I was never really around for whatever happened in the situation. But let's just say something happened. I'm guessing mistake was happened. And maybe they're trying to say that they're not responsible. That she'll force it on them and talk over them as they're trying to defend themselves. So I saw that happening one time as I was walking past and I realized that I knew it. I knew it, you know. There's no, there's no reason for me to believe that I'm my case is gonna be any different. She's only gonna to try to be nice to me because I'm new. But once she we get well acquainted, she's gonna get real, very disrespectful, and as she did, because that was only a summer job. But I lied to them that I was taking a year off. <laughs> I just needed a job. But anyway.
um, what happened was, uh, she short timed me for, for money that she didn't even pay me in the first place. And it happened in the first week that I got here. Something to do with the training and the working hours. She, let's just say, if let's say I will, I worked the full week, it would have been 30 hours, but I didn't. So it was 26 hours. She paid me 26 hours, but must have been tired when she did it or got confused and then deducted a further four hours from me. I argued with her in the office. I told her to let me, I'm going to bring my calendar. She was like, no, 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 use my calendar because she. I'm guessing she thinks it's going to throw me off my argument. The first time I mentioned it to her, she she dismissed it because she, obviously she's a queen bee narcissist. She's used to being in charge and being able to disrespect employees. So she, she's just comfortable like... Yeah, well, duh. Obviously, I'm right, but I knew something was up. But I just I couldn't put a finger ready. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not working here for free. Every hour I work here will be paid. So when I was about to leave the office, cause the office, cause it was a very cramped up office, then she she wanted what she really wanted to say was that we've got better things to do. Please leave the office. But then she was like, oh, you know, let's get back to work, cause you know, so we don't get all, cause we've got. We, you know, let's not get all cramped up in the office. That's exactly how she said it. She wanted to say because we've got better things to do. But I wasn't happy with that. Came back the second time. We argued it out. And this woman is actually trying... She, she, I bet halfway through this argument, this bitch knew that she was wrong, okay? She knew she was wrong, but she didn't want to admit it. Because narcissists don't like when their image is shattered or you prove them to be wrong or whatever. So she didn't want to admit it. But obviously, I'm not working for free. So I argued with her. I was like, she now she kept saying that, you know, the system did this. I said, okay, okay, okay. Since you're not responsible, I don't know why the system made you deduct a further 3.5 hours from my pay when I worked those hours. But she was like, but it's there in black and white. You know, you didn't work. I was like, I worked those hours. I calculated the hours specifically. Okay. I worked 26.5 hours that month, that period. And this woman was trying to argue with me that, this woman's trying to argue with me that um, I was paid for 30 hours. If I was paid for 30 hours, then a short time would have been would have been justifiable. But I wasn't paid for I wasn't paid for 30 hours. She didn't pay me for the hours that she's deducting it for. But anyway, after that, anyway, and after that, her demeanor changed, obviously, because now I've proved her wrong. I'm not someone that Oh, the the reason I brought that up is because halfway through, she's like, I think something's gone off in your head that you now think that you've been overpaid. In fact, she did some stupid calculation in front of me and tried to make it seem like I owed, owed them 62 pence. You see this woman? 62 pence. She's like, no, no, no. You were actually supposed to work this, this, and that. So you actually owe us. I was like, no. I didn't really look to understand her calculation. All I said was, no. I know the hours I worked here. You did not overpay me for anything. You removed my pay. Proved her wrong. I got my pay back. But her demeanor changed, obviously. I could see the look she was giving me. Anyway, that ex- those experiences were obviously as they as unique they were to that supermarket with those people is not new in a uk workplace okay this is how these bosses act these white men that are in charge okay they see black people as less than they're actually threatened by us because we don't kiss us and we don't look to we don't like you we're not talking to you but there they are and i don't even know what else to say like what is the solution to this but all i know is that white people when it comes to racism you should just shut your mouth. That when it comes to speaking about racism, that what you guys can do is acknowledge what you have done. 
what you can actually do is acknowledge what you've done. You cannot deny it because the, the history is there, the evidence is there. Simply because you've cleaned up your act long enough to think that you have you should be a model does not mean that you are. You don't go around the world telling everyone to call you great. No, no, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. You don't call you don't go around the world telling everyone that you are great. You do great things so that people can confirm that you are great. If you are great, you know you are great. You don't, got to, you don't have to prove it to anyone because you know yourself. You know your truth. But here they are calling themselves great to Britain. It's not great. It's not bad. It's good for what it is. It's not great. Now you're saying, look, look at, I don't know how, for those who are enlightened or woke, everyone is saying woke nowadays, but I don't think anyone actually knows, knows what it means. But for those who are woke and I should and will actually understand the arguments I'm trying to I'm gonna make here, those who are very insecure and are obviously very narcissistic, they are the ones that will magnify every little thing. We are great, we are majestic, you should copy us. We have no we have no racism in our country. You know, you you white countries should model us. We who does that? Unless you're very insecure, unless you're very proud and arrogant. Anyway, I don't know how to conclude this recording on racism, honestly speaking. All I know is that racism is not gone. Do not appoint us as diversity and inclusion officers because you think us black people want to be included. We can be board of directors, managing directors, accountants. We can be people in top positions. But you guys won't put us there because you're scared. You know what you have done. You know what your ancestors have done. Many of you have not done it directly, obviously. But the fact that you hold a bias towards black people proves it. It's just it's just that it's a different generation. It's not, black people now have rights. But given the right circumstance, these ones that have the audacity to say that they're, they're a model country we're the ones that are that are, are doing the oppressing so when it comes to racism you should all shut your mouth we will tell you the solution you don't come up with that yourselves you're not that great you're not great anyway but since the name is already there you're not that you're not great enough to tell us how to how to solve this when you work in enough workplaces and you see that always always white people are in charge they always dismiss what you're doing yeah they're nice to you when you get there then you start seeing things that are wrong and you start pointing it out then you start seeing their true side show you start saying well well it's a job you signed up for it you know you should leave you know maybe you should, maybe we can help you find another job oh fuck you guys you know maybe we can help you find another job maybe this is not the right work right job for you you know or you know you're gonna do what i tell you to do of course we all need jobs of course there's a decision to leave and right now we're in a pandemic so it's kind of like if you can find a job that's enough to keep you know to keep you floated and you have to you can have to keep it you know and of course there is the option to leave but what's gonna happen then if every single workplace or work environment in the uk is as racist as that you're trying to say that, oh, we shouldn't work because white people, we need jobs. Nothing is free. And you guys are damn sure not going to make anything free for us or easy for us for that matter. So, like I said, I don't know how to conclude. I honestly don't know how to conclude this uh, <laughs> recording. But racism it is very much everywhere. But the thing is, if we point out all these things to white people, because they are so good at lying and playing the victim, whether they're American or British or Australian or whatever, because white people are so good at lying and they're so good at playing the victim, whatever reason they could give for ignoring the pain that they know we are in can be plausibly denied. Meaning they can make it look like something else. And it can indeed look like that. 
So you can't prove it, even though we know it deep in our hearts that it is racism. When you go into a workplace and you see no black person in charge, no person of color, no person of color, you just, it's always white people, white people, white people. You you ask for you ask for answers to specific questions, holding them holding them accountable to certain actions of misconduct. And what is their answer? It's politics. You should be ashamed of yourselves, grown adults using its politics as an excuse. When 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 shit hits the fan and things start things start getting rough because it's politics. Can you give that argument in court? But the judge is will also be white. So what do we do? We, we must build our own workspaces. But then you see, it's like when white people see black people having fun, when they see us enjoying, even if we're just walking down the street, they just get triggered. They, they just, I don't understand. They just get triggered. It could be in a workplace. You just see black people together. All of a sudden, they want to enforce the rules. Sorry, you guys can't be together. Sorry, or whatever it's like to say. You know, walking down the street, and they'll say, oh, could you guys get off my property, please? It's private. Thank you, or whatever. They'll just find something because they don't like the. They just don't like the fact that we black people are who we are. That God loved us first. He extended the salvation to you guys, obviously. But oh my gosh, yeah. So as I said, this is what I'm saying for the third time. I don't know how to end this recording, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna end it here because we could go on, you know, for a really long time. This is just my experience. Okay, imagine how varied it could be for the several millions of black people that are out there so yeah i'm just gonna end it now obviously if i have more to say i will be back so yeah this is deborah meals on the sister show signing out bye